It's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. And uh, we've just celebrated our first year anniversary and achieved more than 600 downloads. So we're dead pleased with that. But we thought it's also a chance to do something a little different. So uh, this week we're heading back... uh, into uh, an era where the UK's football teams were founded. Uh, on average, more than... Oh, fuck, this is fucking my bitch. Gonna have to... <laughs> gonna have to rethink this bit. I was, I'd already lost interest in what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bored yourself. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. This week, we're going to do things a little bit different. And I hope it's the start of a, a new and exciting adventure for us. Uh, we're going to take the time machine back more than 150 years uh, to the time uh, when the internet had, hadn't been invented. Um, and we thought it would be... In... <sighs> Can I just point again. out, you haven't gone back as far as 150 years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? 145? Thank God. This, this is this this stuff's fucking gold yeah, in itself. 137, 138, yeah. Sorry, 138. I keep forgetting what year we're in, Gaz. Yes, yes. <laughs> 138, yes. Right. I, I thought we just what? overshot 1984. I thought that. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was all we were. Right. You over, you overclubbed. Right. Yeah, I thought we were. I thought the line was we overshot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Forget that. Hundred years. <laughs> More than 100 years. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. We're going to start doing things a little bit different from now on. Uh, we're going to head... <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely, but... We can try. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do a new uh, version of the Time Machine where we go back a little bit further into the past. In, on average, more than 100 years, and start visiting the places and the years that founded our great football teams. This will be a great opportunity for us to uh, learn more about uh, the uh, places, faces, and historic moments of our towns and cities, and shame, shamelessly use the Football League as our guide. Uh, so there are certain teams we better get to <laughs> before they get relegated into. Yes, quite. <laughs> While they're still in existence. Yeah, might be the uh, Vauxhall Conference. I don't know what it's called these days. <laughs> well, we can travel back to when it was the Vauxhall Conference, Mark. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should say this isn't a football podcast. It's still a uh, brackets comedy podcast uh, linked to the social and cultural history of our great nation. <laughs> if that's not a sound basis for a comedy podcast, I don't know what is. <laughs> and to, yeah, and to prove this isn't a football podcast, where better to start than Derby, eighteen eighty four, the I year they uh, were founded. Yeah. They, I should take this moment to introduce my uh, two co-hosts, Gary Morby and Stuart Wilde. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk at length about 188 Derby, 1884. Yes, it sounds like a really rubbish lager. 
Yeah. I mean, 1884 <laughs> in itself is quite an interesting year. I have to say, if you think we live in strange times now, uh, listen to this. In the year Derby County was founded, there was an earthquake killing four people. Not Mexico. Not the Middle East. Oh, no. Colchester. <laughs> four dead. Four, go- four for your gone list. And, and uh, how, 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 I assume they die. how do they die? Things falling on them, falling yeah. into yeah. All buildings were damaged apparently. What what in Colchester? Yeah. It's, it sounds more like than, it's never recovered. More than eleven pounds worth of damage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Three hundred pounds worth of improvements. Yeah. Yeah. Two men were convicted of cannibalism. Ooh. And given uh, six months in prison, respectively. And uh, a dead baby was sent in the post to the Home Office as a protest. So, yeah. Wow. Comedy gold there. What what was the protest? The protest was there wasn't enough space in the the local cemetery. So the vicar took took the body of a deceased child, a stillborn child, Put it in a box and sent it to the Home Secretary. Very nice. I, t- I can tell you why, though. Why there was there wasn't enough room in the cemetery? It's because in in Derby, the cemetery had only been in operation since 1843. So up until that point, no one had been allowed to die. And then o- over the next 40 <laughs> years, they were dropping like flies. So, you know, in 1884, the, the population of the country, was, oh, Derby, was like 94,000. Before the cemetery was built, it was it was like three quarters of a million. Who made the rule that you're allowed to die? That was a dreadful rule. Yeah. Well, no, it was just they just couldn't die until they'd built the cemetery. They just didn't get around to it. It was the council. Yeah. You know what they're like. Local just politics. A, just yeah. a job, jobs worth. Jobs yeah. worth. Yeah. Uh, as, as somebody who uh, who grew up in Derby, uh, I, I can tell you that it is a little bit like, um, you know, when you when you when you come from somewhere, someone says, "Oh, where do you come from?" and it's not a very sort of glamorous place. You sort of say it with a downward inflection. But if you're from somewhere really nice, you, you, nice, you're literally you say, speaking to two people who come from Leicester and Lincoln. Well, I was going to say Lincoln's <laughs> nice. So what I was going to say was, you say it like the foot, the guy read the football results out. So you always knew when, he, when the other team had lost slightly before he said the result, because he'd be like, Lincoln City, three, Leicester, two. Like, so so yeah. they go, well, where are you from? Derby. But I now live in. Lincoln. <laughs> well, no. Funnily enough, I, I I didn't know I'd ever get the chance to mention this, but when when I used to watch the football results, in um, when I was a kid, the the unlikely Lincoln City winning and winning by some margin was so unlikely that when it happened, you'd gather around the TV and there'd be James Alexander Gordon reading it out, and uh, just just before it, so it'd go like. Hartlepool two, Middlesbrough one, and then it would just as as the next line would be Lincoln or whatever. My dad would be wait for it, wait, listen to his <laughs> voice when he reads this. He won't be able to believe it. And, and like and then he'd go Lincoln four, Grimsby one. But I'd go, what did, did you hear that? <laughs> what did I tell you? It was like literally all I heard was a man reading the results. <laughs> 
<laughs> my dad was convinced that Lincoln was so bad that the, the guy who ran out of results would notice <laughs> if they'd won by some margin. It's like, he's, the, the guy's got 40, he's got 44 flipping teams in the league to get through, matches in the league to get through, then Scotland, then the, then the, uh, Vauxhall conference as was, but now he's he's gonna pause <laughs> on Lincoln because he cannot believe it. Anyway, did but, uh, did your dad get a video recorder just so he could record those moments? <laughs> he got like a compilation tape. <laughs> it was, honestly, I wish I had recorded it. It was like it was obviously pre mobile phone days, but he was like, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> While studying studying a pair of speedos doing chicken impressions. Exactly, exactly. Right, superb. So, uh, Gary, I know Mark and I, Mark came over when I lived in Derby and um, we went to a couple of matches, didn't we? I had a couple of nights out. Um, Have you ever been to Derby, Gary? To watch the football or just in general? Just in general. Yeah, in general. Yeah, I've got I've got friends in Derby, um, so I've, I've been I haven't been for a while now actually, but I have, I have been Look at that. I've been I went to watch Leicester play at the baseball round. Some of my um, best friends are Derby, and uh, yeah, yeah. they all say that they all say <laughs> that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I went to watch Leicester play at the baseball ground and um, Pride Park, nice. and saw them losing on both occasions. So. What's, what's your fondest memory of Derby? All oh, that the train on the way back is oh. is is really nice. The train yeah. from Derby to Leicester. But no, it was the my favourite memory is we were when we went to watch them we went to watch them Leicester play at the baseball round. We were two nil down and down to ten men and equalised. Um, we got it back to two each, and uh, I was standing with the Derby fans because that was the only way I could get a ticket. Um, and so it was, that was quite, that was quite a moment to be um, in there when we equalised with 10 men and not be jumping around uh, only for, I think it was, I think it was Tommy Johnson who got the winner in the end. So we, we ended up losing that, but it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a good five minutes, the best five minutes I spent in Derby, I reckon. That was. <laughs> 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 she did that as a blog review yeah. on the Derby stories when, board. When asked, what's your, what's your best non-footballing memory of Derby? <laughs> we just get presented with a football memory. Yeah, My little ears pricked up when you said, oh, the train journey. Because one of my fondest memories of Derby was watching Michael Portillo's Great Rail Journeys on TV and he stops at Derby and there's a, a pub or a hotel opposite the train station called the railway, I think. Yeah. And he reads this beautiful passage from the book and then the camera pans back <laughs> and he's wearing the brightest red trousers known to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worked in Derby for, for a lot, of, lot of my working life, actually. For how long at the Derby Telegraph, I was, uh, uh, five six years at Derby Telegraph I worked at the press agency um 
although I was based in sort of Nottingham, we sort of did a bit of time in Derby as well. We were based in Derby as well. So I worked in Derby for a long time, lived there for the first 30 odd years of my life. So it's in my heart. The Derby uh, Telegraph was only five years old in 1884. So, so yeah, so, so I've ever told you about this guy then, this this greatest character that I ever, I ever worked with was in Derby. Mickey Um, Mouse. Mickey Mouse, yeah, <laughs> he was um, he was proper old school. He was he co-owned the agency that I worked at, and he he, he, he did look a little bit like Colonel Sanders actually. Um, and he, he used to sort of talk, yes, mm, ah, one of those kind of people, and uh, he liked a beverage at lunchtime. <laughs> so we were working on this story um, about a panda, uh, and and it was you know like the fly ones in from China to breed with ones in this country, to, and, and there was one a zoo nearby so they were flying this panda in and and this guy walked past and he just went ah panda ship of the desert (laughs) (laughs) and i walked off and he was we all sort of looked and he wasn't even he just genuinely thought that was the saying right so anyway so 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 one morning he's 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 sat around late morning and he's sort of having um towards lunchtime and he's just he's just waffling now it's a quiet morning and he's just he's just telling us tales and he was telling us about when he'd done national service and he got sent over uh into into malaysia into the jungle yes i never forget i one day we were out at exercises and we came into a clearing and there laid the body of a mule (laughs) (laughs) bloody stunk it did awful smell if you've never smelt a dead mule you really don't want to boys Anyway, I'm off for a bit of lunch. And he disappeared, right? Well, literally, as he got out the door, we had a, a call uh, picked up on saying that basically the body of a man had been found up uh, in the Peak District um, and it looked suspicious. Murder investigation launched. So we sent a photographer and a reporter up there. This guy came back about an hour and a half later from lunch. We told him what had happened. And then back in those days, what happened was the reporter would ring the story over to one of our copy takers who would type the story up and then she would very quickly photocopy lots of versions of, of the story and we would all so i would be given a copy anyone in the office would be given a copy right you ring the sun you ring the daily mail you ring the mirror and you'd ring up and go hello copy desk yeah and then you'd read the story out to them and then they would type it there end you see so i, I was doing the uh, the mirror or something and uh, this guy said, I will help, I'll help. So they gave him a copy of the print and he sat down and he rang the sun and he spoke to this woman at the end of the, this copy taker. And, and all we heard was this. Twelves, Raymonds, Derbyshire police have today launched an investigation following the discovery of the body of a mule. <laughs> yes, mule. Mule, take it down, woman. M U L E, mule. <laughs> I mean, man, body of a man. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, body of a mule. <laughs> but it was just the way he sort of banged the table, indignant that she would even question that why would he be ringing over a story about the body of a mule found in the. De- in the- <laughs> take it down woman i mean man man i tell you we we gone anyway but yes so fond memories of derby 
Yeah. Fond memories of Derby. You have me it. You don't want to know what you don't want to know what the body of the body of a dead mule smells like. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I don't. Uh, indeed, panda ship of the desert. There we are. The sunburned panda there, like black and white and red all over. Yes, quite. Um, so in terms of Derby, some quite famous people. So rather than do a gone list, I thought we could do a born list. And sort of dip in and out of it kind of thing. Because uh, obviously, up until the mid-1800s, nobody had died in Derby. So, right. you know, <laughs> wasn't much going on. But um, I, I, I'm probably going to go in with Derby's most famous famous person. Famous person born in Derby. Joseph Wright. No, no, no. no Robert Lindsay. No. No, no, not technically born in Derby. Oh, uh, is he Alfredton, is it? I have got a born in Derby and a born in Derbyshire list. I've got two separate lists. Oh. I'm talking, I'm starting in your, in, your, in your city centre and suburbs, first of all. <laughs> Working your way out. Working yeah. my way out. Ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Gentrifying the area. <laughs> <laughs> born in Derby. Lara Croft. Born. Of yes, Born. Of born yeah. she was. Bourne actually went to the offices of Core Design to do some photographs for a story we were doing about them. And um, Lara Croft, had, they were on about the third version of it by that point. But um, yeah, Lara Croft, born 1996. Um, named named originally, uh, well, originally the character was meant to be like an Indiana Jones mustachioed male character, but then... They decided to re-scrap that and do a new character, which they um, did around a South American mercenary named Laura Cruz. Um, it was based on a cross between, this is true story, this, Tank Girl and Naina Cherry. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> it was obviously her buffalo stance. Um, but yeah, uh, so basically they wanted to, to go with an English name version along the lines of the South American mercenary named Laura Cruz. And in the end, uh, they went through the phone book classic and came up with Lara Croft. So I didn't know that, although I have played her games. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you cheat and go online for the walkthroughs? Uh, no, because I, I don't think at the time, I, oh, did I? Did I actually have the internet at home at the no, time? No, but you could do it at work and then print it out. Oh, you got rid of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you obviously did this, didn't you? Well, yeah, occasionally. Just when, when I spent like my rule was, if I spent more than three days trying to get out of it, a room, I, I just you know. Talking of being locked up, Derby Jail. Yeah. <laughs> Visitors attraction, but in uh, in the eighteen uh, hundreds was a uh, great place to go if you had poisoned someone, <laughs> robbed <laughs> robbed them on a highway. Um, stolen their horse or um, uttered a note. Have you heard of this? No. Uttered a note. If you uttered a note, which was a hangable offence, uh, you'd forged a document. And that was the fate of Thomas Knoll. Um, it wasn't like there were some other ridiculous uh, reasons people were hung. Well, I don't know if it's ridiculous, but bestiality. You can see that that's a hangable offence. But who, got, who was hung there? Was it the which 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 character? Are you thinking about the donkey here? 
Yeah, yeah. The mule, the body <laughs> the of mule. the mule is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. 28-day hung mule. Yeah, no mules were harmed. Yeah. In the making, I, I suspect, uh, I don't know, don't want to cause outrage by saying it might have been a sheep, but, uh, you know, might have been. Somebody, somebody was hung for burning a stack of corn. But uh, my favourite of, of all of all the hangings, my favourite is the case of Bonzel, Bland and Holmes, 1843, <laughs> um, who had aliases of Hulme, Starbuck and Jack the Sweep. And they were um, they were convicted and executed for the murder of Martha Goddard. And Lionel Blair. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But get get this, like what what made what made their hanging particularly special wasn't the ridiculous aliases they'd given each other, but actually they were the first to test out what became known as the new drop, which was uh, um, a uh, new hanging, uh, a new noose at the top of the uh, jail, which opened in 1843. What an honour, my lord. <laughs> Same year as the cemetery. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good, good little bit of trade going on. Yeah. So can you, while we're on the local history, can you tell me what Samuel Plimsoll is famous for? Derby's own Samuel Plimsoll. Wow. Did he, did he make tyres? No. See what you've done there. Oh. Okay, I thought I was being clever there. So you get in it, like, was, he was the founder of Dunlop. Yeah. <laughs> did, he make, did he make blister plasters? No. Uh, no. You're going to have to tell us, we could be here yeah. a long time. He, he was the person, he was an MP for Derby uh, around the time that the football club was founded. And he, one of the few laws he passed was the introduction of the Plimsoll line. I don't know if you know what the Plimsoll line is. Is that like the bikini line where you just have your hair done inside your foot? So <laughs> well, it's, it's it not does, hanging out your trainer. Yeah, it does have like a nautical twang back. to it. Basically, I, I suppose one way of explaining it scientifically is when a fat person gets on a boat and the boat goes down a bit, <laughs> it could put the other passengers at risk. So the Plimsoll line is a, is a set of markings on the side of a boat ah. to make sure that you don't splash your load too heavily <laughs> in the ship's bowels. <laughs> but, you, but you sort of space out the salad dodgers. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, one, one, one fat passenger per corner. <laughs> And, All start in the middle and work out slowly at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this um, this is a significant landmark in Derby's nautical history. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most landlocked city in England. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. So it, it took someone from Derby <laughs> to let people on the coast know why their ships kept falling over. Yeah. <laughs> basically and this like was a dutch mountain climber isn't it yeah. <laughs> this was the, this was the landmark achievement of uh samuel plimsoll M- mc mp 
MC, yes. MC Plim. MC Plimmer. The um, can, just talk, you just go back to what you're talking about, Derby and sheep, and and stuff. I didn't uh, start that, by the way. And 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 well, I well natural leap here. Brownie, I just want to go back to the football club very 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 briefly. You know, like most football club mascots are sort of big comedy characters in sponge suits with like big floppy feet, like Ozzy the Owl at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, or you know. Have you seen Rami? Derby's it's literally satanic. Yeah. Right? He's got these he's got he wears football boots for a start, so he can run really quickly, really aggressively. He's got these devil horns, these ram horns, and this and he's properly on steroids as well. There's, have you ever seen that brilliant picture of, of uh, when they're tossing the coin at um, at Pride Park and Rami stood in the middle with that like with his sheep's head and his horns and the Derby captain is bent down to pick up the coin, but the other guy is bent down to do his lace at the same time. The captain, it looks like devil, devil worship at Pride Park. <laughs> it's I a did, belter. I did think when I first saw Rami, because compared to um, Philbert Fox at Leicester, because, yeah. you know, Philbert's got, the, you know, he's the full, full costume with big yeah. silly feet. And it's like a, it's a knockout kind of costume. Um, and I thought it was really good planning by the people at Derby because they always have these mascot races every year. So essentially, you've got a man in a sheep's head. He's got woolly knees, but that's about it. Yeah. And then, and then you've got, and then he can just run because he's got ordinary shoes on. So yeah. he, he should win it every time. It's like, it's like, it's like he looks like the sheep version of a minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he? <laughs> That's it. A Ramator. A Ramator, yeah. It's a Ramator. <laughs> I, I remember when the vacancy came available for Philbert Fox down at Leicester City. And um, the uh, a reporter wanted to carry the story on uh, uh, job vacancy, you know, must, must like children or whatever, you know, and uh, free uniform with, with the job X, XYZ. At one point, that would be quite a funny story. And then there was a request from the football club at the time. This is like 20 odd years ago saying, yeah, can you do it in a way that um, doesn't give away that Philbert Fox is not a uh, is actually a fox and not a real person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, then. <laughs> now, music. Sorry, I'm going to change the subject now. Music. The biggest gig in Derby ever. Music gig. I'm not going to say can you guess because you're just going to go through a load of bands, right? It's not. It's not got up until recently. It's not had a concert venue kind of place at all. The, the nearest one was the Assembly Rooms in Derby, which is now sadly no more. Where um, they used to have the UK Snooker Championships uh, once a year, and uh, I think bands like Dexys played there once. I think in the 80s, and it was like a like a small to mid-sized music venue, but. Derby's biggest ever gig was in the mid nineties. Um, and, uh, apparently, uh, just over a quarter of a million people went to watch it, uh, at a little nightclub, a little backstreet club called the warehouse. Um, Oasis played there. Oh, it's one of those, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- 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 about 250,000 people went to it. I mean, yeah. on the night, there was about 350 people there, but you speak to any bugger in Derby of a certain age. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> no, you weren't. 
No, you were. All right. Who was? What was the name of the band? Uh, the Support Act. What was the name of the Support Act? <laughs> um. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was Cable, by the way. That's, that's, you know. oh, are you claiming you went? What song did they open with? Eh? Um. Uh, um. Uh, yeah. Rock and Roll Star. Yeah. 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 No, I wouldn't know. I'm just read it off the internet. But, <laughs> I but, I, but I, irritatingly, no, irritatingly, I did know very well the guy who set up the warehouse. And I went to the opening night and I went to a few gigs there around that time. And I just couldn't go to that night because I was working. And he said, oh, I've got this good new band, brilliant new band Oasis coming down. I said, man, I can't do it. So, I mean, effectively, I'm the man who turned down the Beatles. Yeah. That's, that's, what I, that's what I'm really saying. Um, but yeah, so so uh, yeah, quarter of a million people went to that in 1994, so that was good. Darby has had one number one though. Do you I know Darby's that. Darby's one and only number one hit? Yes. Go on, guys. Your woman, isn't it? White Town, and the White video, Town. the video is. Yeah, it's around the city centre. Around that, the that city centre, yeah, yeah. Waterfall thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I actually, I'd not heard it for years, and I actually put it on. It, just to get in the, in the zone for this to see how it had aged. It's actually held up all right. It's quite a good song. It's not a bad song for being made in someone's bedroom, is it? No, it's pretty decent. And so, he, of course, you can imagine as as, as the I was working at the Diamond Telegraph at the time. We've got a number one, right? Yeah, quick, quick. Let's go and do an interview with him. And he lived in a suburb of, of Derby called Oakwood, and, uh, and 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 didn't want to speak to the Derby Telegraph because we weren't cool enough. Um, and then uh, and then of course that was his only number one hit. So. When his third or fourth follow-up hit came out, and still no one was buying it. Then he wanted to talk to us. Yeah. Joy Division, they played one of their last ever gigs in Derby. Just a month before uh, Ian Curtis met his maker. Mm. Uh, a little old cinema club called the Ajanti. And apparently, apparently, there was outrage. There was heavy criticism, even in pre-internet days. Because... <laughs> They played all their well-known songs, but didn't play Love Will Tear Us Apart. People felt cheated, apparently. The people of Derby, they spoke. <laughs> they, they, they rose up and they spoke and they said, why haven't you played Love, Love Will Tear Us Apart? Why? Said, why? I haven't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was literally, when did uh, April the 17th, April, uh, 1980, oh, they played went... the Ajanti. He went on the 18th of May. Yeah, yeah, so a month and a day. Darby so, can do that to a man. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love it. In the, in the, in the, the review of the gig is actually says the Ajanta was a tatty old cinema. <laughs> Thanks. Setting <laughs> yeah. yeah. Set in the scene. Setting the scene. Yeah, we're yeah. Darby. We're we great bands go to die. Quite literally. Um, well, I, I say that. Hey, the Rolling Stones, Radiohead, Coldplay, Primal Scream. All haven't played, no, all have played in Derby, uh, but apparently they gig, those gigs were like long before they hit their stride. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as they hit the stride, they ain't coming back. Yeah. Have Oasis ever been back? No. Yeah, been, I bet they've you. been through it, though. I bet they've been through Derby at some point on yeah. the way back home. You Oasis. only played Derby twice in your career. <laughs> <laughs> Oasis, only the band Derby made. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shall we another Derby born? Yeah. Darby Bourne? Darby Bourne? Uh, we've only got a Hollywood a Hollywood actor, Jack O'Connell, born in Derby. Oh. 
Oh, he's a young as well, Cole. isn't he? He's only like in the last 30 yeah. years or so. Yeah, big Derby County fan. What was he in? The games. Well, it, he started off, one of his early ones, was, wasn't he in This Is England? And then yeah. he's often done films with Angelina Jolie and, and all sorts. This yeah. is, isn't this famous, sort of, well, famous, pretty well-known uh, acceptance speech where basically he te- he's, on the set he was teaching Angelina Jolie Derbyshire slang and Derbyshire words in the back, and, and he got her saying duck all the time. And she did this speech where she introduced him to get this award and she called him duck, a up me duck, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Jack O'Connell. He's, he's, um, he's good. I like him. He's a good actor. He was in, um, have you seen 71? About the the English soldier trapped in the wrong bit of Northern Ireland trying to get back to his barracks. Uh, no, but I'll, I'll have a bit of that. That's, yeah, he's in that. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a good one. Well, talking of acting greats being born in Derby, you got another one straight on the back of Jack O'Connell. Michael Knowles, go on! Michael Knowles? Go on then. What's his real name? Michael Knowles. <laughs> it ain't half hot, Mum. Are you being served? Oh, you God. Of course. Michael Knowles. Yeah. I can't can't believe it. I, I'd forgotten all about it, yeah. What well, characters did he play? I have to illustrate this a little bit more. Right. It ain't half hot, Mum. In the offices, he was the one with the big hooter and the dark hair. And I'll give you one more actor from Derby, for, and then we'll come back to it in a bit. But uh, Gwen Taylor, born in Ooh, Derby. From, from Duty Free. Duty Free, The Ruttles, Life of Brian, bit of yeah. a do. It's, it's a wash with uh, legends, isn't it, Derby? Who'd have thought it? Have you heard of a man, a famous Derbyan, called Harry M. Stevens? No. Only the inventor of the hot dog. Oh. Oh, man alive. Surely yeah. we're going to get complaints from the Hanseatic League if well, this gets out. Can I, <laughs> I, this is this is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the facts out. <laughs> or the facts that, that I've been given as facts. The facts and as I see them. The facts as <laughs> I see them. I've got, I've got my thumbs inside my shirt lapels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, in, in uh, Harry, uh, yes, basically, uh, he uh, emigrated to the uh, to the, the United States in the 1800s, uh, and he's credited with designing the baseball scorecard uh, and with pioneering soda drinking through a paper straw. But the story also goes that he came up with the idea of putting a big sausage in a bun and calling it a. How, after a dog how yeah. did he ever think of that <laughs> mate if you were some of the stuff we come out with how did you ever think of it <laughs> at, at what point did this guy say i'm sick of holding sausages mate, mate, or, or, or even better <laughs> i'm sick of holding i'm sick of holding empty bread buns yeah <laughs> you know what would go well with this bread roll <laughs> it's a non-yielding roll although in derby mate we call them cobs yeah. So there oh, you oh, go. We call, we call them the cops. Yeah. It's an East But yeah. Uh, in the pub. Uh, yeah, the I don't bar. know. He was but, in the uh, pub at the bar. He picked up his pint. The glass slipped through his hand because it was greasy from holding a holding a sausage that had been heavily <laughs> fried. And he said Possible title. <laughs> what this sausage needs is some cover fire. In the <laughs> <laughs> Some insulation <laughs> in the shape of a bread bun. 
And what would be ideal is if if the bun could be the same shape as the sausage. We'll call that a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> what what year did he invent it? Oh, it just says 1800s. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So it, it was almost like in ready for Derby to be founded as a football league club. Yeah. So could go that's to true. the ground and get a hot dog. Maybe that's what it was. Founder members. <laughs> we'll let you in because you've got hot dogs. Hounder members. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to know who invented the onion bit. Yeah, if, yeah. If, he, if if he was all over the hot dog and the bun, I bet you he didn't have the foresight to say, and there's a ridge for a layer of onion at the top. But then, but then. It's on top. Put them underneath. Yeah. Oh. Because otherwise your ketchup's going and your mustard's yeah. going. Yeah. Hey, are you one of these people who went? Are you one of these people? Are you <laughs> one of these people who, when you get a hot dog, you put ketchup and mustard on? Uh, or yeah. are you a ketchup yeah. going a bit Danny Baker with this, Anna? But the no, yeah, whatever you've got, put it on. It's all good. All of it. Why? Just because it because it tastes nice. It's fundamentally, it's sugar. <laughs> if you break if you break most things down they're fundamentally sugar <laughs> is, which leads me to my next question is there a little chef in derby yes yes a little eaten roundabout thank goodness i think he's yeah. i think he's gone now but it was there up until very recently yeah and little eaten roundabout did, would yeah. it have sold hot dogs gary uh, well, it may have done at some point, but during my um, tenure as a little chef, <laughs> got my uh, thumbs in my lapels now. Um, we didn't have we didn't have hot dogs. It wasn't a thing. We sold sausages, but we didn't sell uh, hot dogs. That would be brilliant. Like to, you could go into a restaurant in Derby and like it could say local fare on the on the side on the outside, and you get in and say. What's the local delicacy landlord? And he'd say, have you not heard of the hot dog? The famous <laughs> Derby hot dog. Only a <laughs> With onions and mustard and ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of its inventor? Harry M. Stevens. Yeah, I mean, he should have really stuck his name to it. The Stevens hot dog. Yeah, or why isn't it called, why isn't it called a hot ram? Yeah. Actually, I can yeah. probably tell you why it's not called a hot ram, just having said <laughs> <Yeah>. that sentence. <laughs> That's, uh... It's not called a hot ram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't search it. Harry, we're going to call this a hot ram. Yeah, don't, mate. Um, I'll tell you what I want to do. I'm going to just bang off a few names of people born in Derby and then slip seamlessly into an absolute Hollywood star born in Derbyshire that you, will surprise you, okay? So I'm going to finish, finish off the city centre ones first of all. Jane Rossington, aka Jill from Crossroads, born in Derby. Ted Moult, oh, yeah. born in Derby. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Lloyd, born in Derby. But now, born in Derby, sure, which I think is okay, isn't it? Are, we, yeah. are the rules still? I, don't, <coughs> I, just, I do the want to pause for a Derby moment. Yeah. yeah. I do want to pause for a moment on the old Ted Moult. Oh, I sorry. Okay, that, yeah. I used okay. to love that Ted Malt joke, which you probably can't do on a podcast. 
No, but I know where which you, one you're going to do. Where you pretend you're opening a window to announce that Ted Malt's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that gag, can't you? You can't do it on a podcast, can you? That's true. So you can do it. You need to be able to see it. I thought you mean, sorry, visually. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant in terms of morally. Yeah. Ted Malt's dead. You what? <laughs> <laughs> Opens window. Ted Malt's dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're not telling me you haven't heard that one before. I have, not for ages. Or, or was yeah. it was it the my opening of the window that sealed it for you? Sealed it. Hey. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So uh, even even right this this one born in Derbyshire, even I was surprised by this. Jason Statham. Oh yeah. Born in Shirebrook, Derbyshire. There you go. I, I always assumed he was from... What films? Has he been in The Enforcer or something like that? Lockstock. He was in, no, yeah, Lockstock and whatnots. And but and he was snacks. also a Commonwealth Games diver. He represented England in the Commonwealth Games in 1990 as a diver. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a better actor, so that tells you how, how good a diver he was. Yes, <laughs> yes. Quite. I've got a friend uh, who always always prefixes Jason Statham Jason Statham's name with the Oscar winner Jason <laughs> Statham. <laughs> did, what what did he win an Oscar for? He didn't. It's, it's, oh, right. it's the irony of it. Oh, okay. yeah, it's never going to happen. There are two brilliant actors from Derbyshire, though. Born in Derbyshire, John Hurt. Yeah. Born now gone. Mm. Timothy Dalton. I Born see in one of those is brilliant, yeah. The other one was in James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Flash Gordon. Yes, he was. He was Prince Baron. Prince Baron, yeah, yeah. Gordon's yeah. alive. He rocked a great tash as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't recognise him. I'm not a bo- I'm not a Bond necessarily a fan or aficionado, but amongst aficionados, I have been reading up about this. Apparently there is a Huge number of people who say that Dalton was much underrated as Bond. He added a, re- a gritty realism to it. He was before his time. How, how many how many episodes of Dave uh, Dave Bond James Bond was he in? <laughs> Dave Bond back on the old flipping window sales. Dave Bond window sales. Double O double one six double O seven double O seven. My name's Bond. Next Bond. Oh, I love the way you call them episodes as well. How many episodes? Like it's like it's, it's extenders. Brain, it's the brain surgeries replacement words. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> I didn't know this actually either. Look at the looks up. Uh, Vivian Westwood was born in Derbyshire. Born. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. No. Yeah. yeah. Vivian Westwood. Um, obviously, Florence Knight. Yeah, I wanted I'm just not linked to Derby at all, or, or actually is now because uh, Vivian was in the clip and she's, you know, at the heart of all things Derby, as we know. Yeah. Uh, I saw on YouTube the other night. Just it flashed up. On, this may interest you. Derek Nimmo visiting it, the sh- the sex shop yes. run by Vivian yeah. Westwood. 
and uh, Malcolm McLaren mm. for TV. And then I was thinking, well, if there was this mis- big mystique around flipping the Sex Pistols and there being, you know, these rebels who didn't engage with all of this, all of the rock and roll culture, and they did things their own way, how the hell did they end up on a show with Derek Nimmo? Yes, quite. <laughs> the moment punk died when yeah, Nimmo exactly. came out dressed in, in, in a black leather with safety pins yeah. or ran black out, rubber. Ran out of steampunk. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the yeah. first time I saw Nimmo not in a flipping Vickers dog collar, though. <laughs> <laughs> so fair play to him. He was very versatile. I think there are people who still think he was a real vicar. When you think of a vicar, you think of Derek M- Nimmo. I think of Nimmo or Dick Emery. Yeah. With the, with the big with the big gnashes. Mm. Or, or the, oh, yeah. the, the, the vicar off um, the vicar off Gogglebox. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I know you mean. Yeah. She or the vicar of Dibley. Mick Vicar. <laughs> Name your vicar. Vicar's vapor rub. I'll give you a couple more famous uh, women born from uh, in Derbyshire. Florence Nightingale. Ooh. Florence Nightingale. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I didn't know she was from Derbyshire. Yeah, outside the old because uh, in Derby they used to be until they did they built the super hospital. There used to be the DRI, the Derbyshire Royal Infirmary, which was in the city centre, and then the city hospital, which was out on the edge of the town and um, edge of the city. And there's a, there was a, a statue to Florence Nightingale outside the, the Derbyshire Royal Infirmary. Is it just which, called a lamppost? <laughs> Lady of the lamppost. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, and uh, another famous woman, Dame Ellen MacArthur. Oh, yeah. oh the woman with Whoa, one hand. Derbyshire. She got, what do you mean, one hand? Went around the world in a boat, single-handed. Even by your standards, that is dreadful. I thought you were just going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, single-handed. I thought you were going to just go with it. It wasn't wasn't supposed to be a big gag. Uh, (laughs) It was a throwaway line. It's backfired on me. I thought there's a case of of mistaken identity here. That's what (laughs) I thought. Quickly, let's move on to Robert Lindsay and Ken Barlow. Yeah, I was, that the, the woman out of Def Leppard you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the long hair who plays the That's drawer. right, yeah. Plays or, the the Dar- or the Derbyshire tribute band to Def Leppard, Def Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that actually working. That would yeah. be all right, that. Never makes it to the stage on time. Um, yeah, so uh, William Roach, Ken Barlow, born. Uh, in Ilkeston, which is also the same place that Robert Lindsay was born. Oh, a it's a hotbed. It's a hotbed. It's like the Hollywood of East Midlands. Isn't can, it? can I just say that in my time at the Derby Telegraph, I ended up photographing Robert Lindsay three times, I think, over a period of about four years. And he is such a genuinely lovely fella. Like just a real lovely guy. Just, uh, yeah, I, I did um, some pictures of him. Um, and he asked me to send him some prints of them, and I did. Uh, and then I bumped into him about a week later doing something else, and he, he was shaking my hand saying thank you. And all. He's just a nice guy, funny, really funny yeah. as well, like a proper funny fella. Yeah. What's his best uh, – obviously know him as a great actor, but I can't really think what his career-defining role is. It, probably that one 
with uh, where he played the Derek Hatton figure. Yeah. Oh yeah, GBH in the early nineties. And he had that tw- started developing twitch. that twitch. That That's was... a pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, there's that incredible scene, isn't there, where is it pumped up by Elvis Costello when he's running through the hotel trying to get out, and 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 there's all these. It's like a Doctor Who convention, isn't it, or something? Yeah. And, uh, and he keeps bumping into all these monsters as he's trying to get through with his twitch, and he and he and he because it comes back under stress, doesn't it? And he, he thought yeah. he got rid of it, and um, yeah, so that's, that, he was brilliant in that. Um, but wasn't he? It's been a lot of sitcoms, wasn't he? He was in yeah, uh, Citizen Smith. Where is a dentist? Citizen yes. Smith. Yes, yeah. that's the one, isn't it? Citizen Smith. I used to uh, live in Tooting. The yeah. one where he, where he plays the dentist with Zoe and he's matches Zoe Wanamaker. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my, family yeah, my, my, yeah, my daughters used to love that programme, the little girls. I absolutely love, love watching that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll not hear a bad word said against it. Oh, I'll tell you what, a famous chef from Derby, not a little one. Uh, probably one of Gary's, uh, maybe one of Gary's food heroes. Can I guess? Can I guess who it is? Is it Sat Baines? It's Sat Baines, mate, yeah. I thought he was from Derby. Went to Wilmot Culinary College. Yeah, went to Wilmot Culinary College. Say again, Mark. Gino De Campo. <laughs> Gino De Campo. <laughs> Gino De Rampo. Um, yeah, Sat Baines went to Wilmot and uh, Culinary College in Derby, grew up in Derby. Got his restaurant in uh, Nottingham, hasn't he? It's in Nottingham, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I thought I remember saying that he was from Derby. Have you critiqued his food? Uh, I haven't, no, no. Now, now you gotta listen here, Mr. Baines. I've worked at a little chef, and I can yeah. tell you the portions can... are bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> you need me on the Olympic breakfast stand. I can do this for you. <laughs> you do do all day breakfast, don't you, Sat? Surely, come on. Stupid. What kind of place are you running here, mate? Yeah, come on. Number, press number three on the microwave. Excuse me, boss. Have you got a laminate of the, the menu with a picture of the food on it, please? <laughs> <laughs> just an indication of how long it needs in the microwave. <laughs> if you you've do, got that, I'm your man. Can you do us a favour? Can you take the Vionetta out of the freezer about 10 minutes before you serve it? <laughs> you see. Have I told you about my my James Morrison? The singer James Morrison and and Derby story. I've ever told you this. Is that James Morrison of the Doors? Sadly not. <laughs> James Morrison, the other singer. The other singer. Um, I, I, my house in in Derby, um, backed onto a park called Darley Park in Derby, and um, so my garden literally overlooked part of the park, and um, there was this guy every, for one summer. Every Sunday afternoon, he'd sit on the wall at the side of the park, literally at the back of my garden, with his acoustic guitar, and play and sing songs. And he was brilliant. I remember thinking, man, that saying to my partner at the time, that, that guy's voice is amazing. And he would play songs that we presumed, it, it, we'd never heard of, so he presumed he'd written himself. But he also did cover verses, like he played Wild Wood one day and all that kind of stuff. And I remember just sitting in the garden thinking, oh, this is great, like a free Sunday concert. And then... I completely by accident years later stumbled across this thing about James Morrison where I found out that he lived in Derby for a year and it was that year that I had that house and that summer and he lived on a street that was two streets from where my house was man that was James Morrison he used to get a free James Morrison concert every Saturday every Sunday afternoon for a, for a summer he was really good he was really good yeah really good 
Couldn't name one of his songs, but <laughs> we're really good. I have good. to go and look him up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but worth it. And seems like a nice fella as well. Again, another one from the nice fella school. So oh, that's a lot of nice fellas. Okay, yeah. Derby is full of nice fellas. It is. It is. It's. I. I was. I was looking for for bones and gaunts. Um. Obviously, 1884 is a long time ago, and so the number of um, people you might have heard of isn't isn't that great. But I noticed the people that were there. There were lots of inventors. Seemed to be just like every other a, one was an inventor, and I reckon that's because there was still there was still so much stuff to invent. Yes. Because like these days, it's much harder because all the stuff's been invented. You can't, uh, you, yeah. You can't just invent stuff now. Whereas back in those days, all the stuff that hadn't been invented, the internet, you know, all of it. There's no mystery yeah. left in the world. No. That's right. There's no problems in the world anymore. Anymore. Because no. of Darby's rich history of invention. And the Darby, hot dog. Darby, <laughs> Darby invented the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Yes, uh, of course. First and therefore, ever factory. Yeah. And therefore, global warming is all because of Darby. <laughs> it all comes back yes. to Darby. It all comes down to Darby. Well... <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> I love the way you based that on Derby being this hotbed of invention when literally the only thing we've mentioned that's been invented in Derby thus far was the hot dog. <laughs> that was enough for you to say the, the incredible innovation. And the plimsoll line. And, yeah, the Plimsoll line, and I don't think I don't think Plimsoll invented it. I think he it was someone else's idea. He's an MP who stuck his name to it and, to uh, get it through as a law. But but all, also factories, factories were invented in Derby. Yeah, yeah, world's first ever factory. Yeah, Ar- Ar- Arkwright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that's the industrial a... revolution started. Surely that was a mill. But one one. Uh, famous person that I'd never heard of, but I imagine you've not, you know all about him in Derby. Is the Ilkeston Giant, right? Which right. I thought, which I thought was you, but actually, apparently, <laughs> it's Samuel Taylor, who was he's, who he's was, the Spondon Giant. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was he was over seven feet tall. Right. Um, in what what and, era? In 1884. It was yeah yeah it was it was it was Ooh. back in the day as they. So that was tall back then. Tall back yeah. then. Yeah, um, but I reckon it was one of those things where they say, "Oh, he's over seven foot tall." He was about six foot two. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in reality, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it was enough to get him a job in a in a travelling circus. Yeah. With the beard. Yeah, I think like being seven foot these days is not that unusual, is it anymore? Well, it's unusual, but not incredibly it's unusual. unusual. It's a one way ticket to the NBA or the WWE, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I imagine it happens more often than it than it used to in 1884. The top ten, I just thought it was interesting as well. The top ten boys' names, the oh. boy, boys born in uh, 1884, were um, in reverse order from ten to one: Robert, Henry, yes. Thomas, uh, Joseph, Frank, Charles, George, James, William, and Kanye. Uh, oh no, sorry. It was uh, John. John was number one. Kanye hadn't uh, quite made it in. He was in number twelve, I think. 
some classics there. Texas, yeah. They're all solid, aren't they? They yeah. are solid names. They're like pe- names that people used to be called when you were at school. You don't, you just yeah. don't get those anymore. Do you? Yeah. No one's called names anymore. They're just noises. I have to say, Ga- Gary, the name Gary, I think, is di- is a dying breed. Oh, it is. There's not there's not many of us. I think we are. There was a year not long ago where there there, there wasn't one. I think. Really? What? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't one born or na- you know a child born named and called Gary. <laughs> I love to know. Gary's aren't named. Gary's are born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a state of mind. There's only you, Gary, Stephen, and Gary Davis left yeah. to save the universe, the Garyverse. How would you feel if there was never another Gary? Do you know what? I'm not that precious about names. Really? You don't uh, see it as a responsibility? Uh, if, I, if I saw it, names as a responsibility, I'd have had children. You see, I, I but, thought Stuart was a dying name, but one of Dan's, my stepson's, 13 year old mates is called Stuart. I'm thinking, wow, man, there's yeah. a new breed coming through, but you're Gary's, man. You, yeah, you're, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah, like yeah, Darby yeah. County are now. You could go, you could be extinct by Feb. Yeah. I reckon they might, they might ask me for some DNA at some point so they can freeze it to use it again in yeah. future when they want to yeah. reanimate, like Jurassic Park, but with Gary's yeah. all over it. I think uh, Jurassic Park. You need to, yeah, you do need to uh, take this responsibility a bit more seriously. G- Garys are a legitimate race of people, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Well, even by talking about it now, we're treading a fine line between raising awareness for a cause and cultural appropriation. Yeah. Well, I'm all right because I am a Gary. Yeah. What? What's? Uh, you see, it's funny, isn't it? Like, because Obviously, there was Gary Glitter, so you could think, well, but you still get plenty of Jimmies. That's yeah, <laughs> that's and, true. <laughs> you know, and plenty of Freds as well. Yeah. To be fair, to be honest, yeah, they're, like they're making a comeback, aren't they? Freddies, yeah, yeah, yeah Freddies are good, good, and aren't they? Freds, yeah, but but, yeah. but maybe maybe for Salem's West, you're not going to do that. But yeah, just about every every name, I suppose, could be attached to a. An unfashionable serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's always a wrong one with that who, name. Who is your favourite Gary? My favourite Gary? Yeah. Um, oh, well, I can't look much further than Lineker, can I? Oh. Not Gaz Top? Yeah, he's Gareth. Yeah, he's Gareth. That's the trouble, isn't it? Straying into a Gareth. Yeah. yeah, people often ask me if if my name if I'm my name is short for Gareth. I've I've been asked that a lot, and I've I've you know it's like you don't gain anything by saying Gary instead of Gareth. It's still two <laughs> no. syllables. So you, yeah, but if if your name was Gareth, we could nickname you Garethy, <laughs> <laughs> friend of Garethy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. So there we go. That's the end of that one. <laughs> wow. The Goriathy Club of Great Britain. <laughs> you, could, you could get you in a minibus, get Tarby driving it. It'd be great. <laughs> Tell you what, there's no end to this, is there? Taking, Gary's on, taking all the Garys on a day trip somewhere. It's on a day, day trip to the seaside. Yeah. yeah. Sunshine Goriathy Club. Who's the most famous Gary from Derby? Or have we just invented that? 
I went to school with a Gary and he was a nice fella. So again, nice fella. Another Derby. nice fella from Derby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a patron saint? Paul Gaz. Who's Sorry? a Gary? Is there a like a Saint, saint, Gary. saint Gary of Athetius or something like that? Or is, is, is there a Gary Grande that you can that you all worship? I think I think we're looking at Lineker again, aren't we? There, <laughs> Cooper. He's not really that famous anymore, though, is he? Yeah. The snail, Gary the snail from SpongeBob SquarePants, is. Uh, I, I is just wonder how. Uh, I just wonder how the name Gary came to be, like because you can oh. trace a lot of names back to the Bible or to he- um, Hebrewism oh. and things like that. I think it, it, it's. What is it? It's like Anglo-Saxon or something that it means spear. Like Anglia TV. There was, there, was a pre- there was a presenter on the news. We're back to Boris the movie again, aren't we? <laughs> he read the news and it, really in the 1950s and then everyone... <laughs> <laughs> Gary started popping up everywhere. Not just in Norfolk. Um, it's also the, the, the name of the town where the Jackson Five in the Jackson family are from. There you Ga- go. Gary in Indiana wow. is, is where they're from. No yeah. wonder. No wonder a name like that took off. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. linked to Michael Jackson, Gary Glitter. Yeah. So th- th- things that Derby <laughs> can never be linked with. Yeah. Keep, keep this. Keep this name alive. Don't don't give it up. Without a fight. <laughs> well, you know, I might just, I might back. just let it. It will be back. Yeah, it'll come back. It it'll, will. It'll it come will. back. It'll start as a middle name somewhere, and in thirty years' time, there'll be Gary Nasons. The world. They won't. They won't <laughs> run out of Gareths, will they, in Wales? So it's, it's always, no. there's always going to be a. Is that what you want your legacy about. to be? Yeah. <laughs> But I'm not going to be losing any sleep over it. <laughs> he secretly wants to change his name anyway, doesn't he? Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a list. Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. Kanye Morby would be pretty good, actually. Well, so is that it? Is that Derby sort of, done? Have we covered Derby? Done, and 1884. Are we leaving Derby now? Unless you've got anything else to yield. Uh, well, we didn't do actually why things are called a Derby. Uh, let's do that. Oh, yeah. Why are things called a derby? So surely that's the end. Surely, okay. Well, surely if, if if we come to the end of our of our stay in 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 Derby in 1884 and mm. all, all that we've covered, um, surely we have to end on why is a match between two teams from the same town or nearby towns called a derby? Surely that's got to why be. Why is that? Why is that? I well, can I just say? Go on. When when you mentioned this earlier i always thought it wasn't related to derby in the east midlands at all but was related to the kentucky derby so i always thought the origins of the word was to do with some sort of horse racing thing okay because there's like a derby hat isn't there and a um uh is there a derby shoe as well derby boot i think there is but anyway yeah but well it's actually to do with shrove tuesday which is all right. Obviously, then and Shrove Tide football, which is um, takes place in Ashbourne in Derbyshire every year, uh, and in fact, it's due any time now. Actually, isn't it? When is when is Shrove Tuesday? About three weeks, two weeks. Mm. Yes, it took place. Oh, and apparently it took place in 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 Derby, then moved to Ashbourne. Basically, the Shrove Tide football, where they have to try and push a ball 
from one end, the, the people from one end of the town and the other end of the town come in, and eventually it was called a derby, a local derby, oh. and that's that's where that, that's that's. But hey, you, you could be as right as that is. I don't know. So if anyone listening knows, let us know. There'll be an outbreak of facts. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we don't want facts getting in the way, do we? But you know, no. I know we say we'd end on, on on that, but I've just found another one which actually uh, is a fact, but it also sounds like um, it could be a slogan for the Derby Derby Tourist Board. So, yeah, so, so welcome to Derby. <laughs> <laughs>